0: This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 22. But some Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes... They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But as the disciples stood around him, he rose up and entered into the city. On the next day, he went out with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the good news to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and that through many afflictions we must enter into God's kingdom. Notice too that Paul didn't preach to these pagans the same way he did to Jews or those with some level of familiarity with Judaism. If these were religious Jews, he'd surely have quoted the Old Testament to them. We see in this instance with pagans who have no prior knowledge of the God of Abraham, Paul appealing to natural revelation. He appeals to things that a pagan could understand by their observation and experience. I was on a plane the other month and tried to share the gospel of Jesus with a man from India. I typically encounter people with more of a background in Judeo-Christian culture than this man. All that to say I took certain things for granted, I shouldn't have assumed. I realized very quickly in the conversation, I needed to slow down and start from scratch. Approaching this differently than I would if I'm trying to share the biblical gospel with, say, an American Mormon, for example. I needed to flush out some basic and foundational concepts and make sure he understood them before building upon them with more complicated notions, like to say, God can forgive your sins through what Jesus has done for you. Well, who or what is God? What is sin? Who is Jesus? What did Jesus do? Why is it important that my sins are forgiven? And so on. While we're here, let's go ahead and answer these questions and share the gospel. God is the maker of all things in heaven and on earth. He sustains the universe by his very power. He has no beginning and no end. And he loves us. So much so that he came to earth in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, to save us from sin, death, and hell. Sin is when we know the right thing to do and don't do it. Everyone sins, and it harms us and others. Sin is lawlessness. It's transgressing God's law, and sometimes we sin unintentionally as well. Sin offends the one who created us, God. There are consequences for sin. In America, if you murder, you go to prison or perhaps may even get the death penalty. If someone killed your friend, you'd probably want justice, right? When we sin, we have done it first and foremost against God, and He demands justice. The guilty must pay for their sin. The punishment we deserve for our sin is death and hell. Scripture says that all sinners deserve to have their portion in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Hell is a terrible place the guilty go after this life. If they do not believe in Jesus Christ Without forgiveness from God for our sin Death and hell awaits Nearly 2,000 years ago Jesus lived a perfect life And died on a cross on our behalf He paid the penalty we deserved for our sin So that we could be set free From the death sentence that we deserve Through faith in Him To have faith in Jesus Is to trust in Him and what he's done for us, like you'd trust in a parachute to get you to the ground safely if you jump out of a plane. Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and was raised on the third day from the dead. He now reigns in heaven, the place where believers in him go after they die. And he has all authority in heaven and on earth. If we believe in Jesus, we have eternal life and will be with God forever after this life. All right, back to Acts, verse 19. But some Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. These guys traveled more than 100 miles from Antioch and Iconium to Lystra in pursuit of Paul. Now that's hate. That's dedication, we'll give him that. They were so opposed to Paul's message and so determined to not allow it to spread, they personally traveled more than 100 miles to try and kill him. They likely felt justified in their attempt to stone Paul if they saw him as a blasphemer of God or a false prophet. It was Jewish custom according to the law to stone to death false prophets. Deuteronomy 13 verses 1-2 through warns that if a prophet says, Let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, he shall be put to death. They didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was, the great I Am, who spoke to Moses from the burning bush. Jesus is God. Paul proclaimed Jesus as Lord. So to these Jews... Jesus was another God they did not know. They didn't think the Jews should serve Jesus. So in their ignorance and zeal, they thought they were doing God a favor by inciting the crowd to try and kill Paul, thinking Paul to be a false prophet. And in a matter of a short period of time, this same pagan crowd, who earlier wanted to worship Paul and Barnabas as gods, were suddenly stirred up by the Jews to try and kill them. How fickle are the crowds. Don't seek the honor and glory from men. It's short-lived. As quickly as people come to embrace and adore, they'll turn to hate and oppose. And so they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. Now some think the heavenly vision described by Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 occurred here when Paul was stoned to death and supposed to be dead. But this is only a guess. Who really knows? I wonder if Paul considered his own role in Stephen's stoning when he himself was being stoned in Lystra. All right, let's keep reading. But as the disciples stood around him, he rose up and entered into the city. On the next day, he went out with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the good news to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that through many afflictions we must enter into God's kingdom. How astonishing it must have been to see Paul get up after he was dragged out of the city, having supposed to be dead. You know, I'm guessing the stoning success rate of that day was pretty high. I mean, when a crowd stones a person until they think he's dead, most of the time he's probably actually dead, I'd suppose but Paul, whether he had actually died or not, rose up after the incident. All right, so a few years ago, in the World Heavyweight Boxing Championship, for any of you boxing fans out there, Deontay Wilder, who I believe at that time was the undisputed heavyweight world champion, got a clean punch on the 6'9", 270-pound heavyweight challenger, Tyson Fury, and knocked him right out. He was unconscious for most of the referee's 10 count, but somehow... Miraculously, right before the count was done, he came to and popped up with energy, strength and life as if the knockout punch didn't just occur. And Tyson Fury went back to fighting with as much fury as he ever had. Watching it happen in real time, it was surreal, as if this boxer was suddenly resuscitated from the dead. How mind-blowing it must have been to have watched Paul get up after the stoning he endured And head right back into the city. We know Paul was at times a stubborn guy. I can imagine him being like, Oh, no, you didn't. I'm not leaving this city on your terms, but on my terms. What resilience and boldness to go back to the people and place where he was just rejected and stoned. And then the next day, Paul and Barnabas move on to the next city, Derby, and preach the gospel there as well with success people were believing the message and becoming followers of Jesus. After this, instead of moving on to a new place, I love that Paul and Barnabas found value in returning to the places they had previously been to encourage and strengthen the recent converts there. They went back to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Having been chased out of some of those places by the Jews and others, they probably didn't have the chance to stay as long as they would have liked in the first place to disciple the new converts they made it a priority to revisit those towns and see how the new believers were doing. Luke tells us they were, quote unquote, exhorting them to continue in the faith and that through many afflictions, we must enter into God's kingdom. Paul and Barnabas were living examples of the afflictions Jesus' disciples must at times endure. The converts saw firsthand in Paul how he had been put through the ringer. I mean, for example, He probably had all kinds of fresh marks and bruises from his recent stoning. Paul and Barnabas sought to strengthen and prepare their disciples for the realities of what being a Christ follower may entail. The argument for becoming a Christ follower these days is often shallow and misdirected. It shouldn't be. Accept Jesus and this life gets better right away. Life gets easier. You'll get what you always dreamed of, and so on. If people receive Jesus for wrong or misunderstood reasons they can quickly become disillusioned and fall away. The argument for receiving Jesus should be, you're a sinner and deserving of God's wrath, but God loves you so much he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for your sins on a cross and save you from the condemnation you deserve. And there is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. Jesus offers you eternal life and a relationship. Believe in Him and you're forgiven by God and saved from the wrath to come. And with such a perspective, we want to equip new believers to understand that this life isn't the end-all be-all. Knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior is what matters. This world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. By believing in Jesus, we have eternal life. It's not gonna profit anyone anything in the long run to gain the whole world and lose his soul. We can expect difficulties and trials in this life as followers of Jesus, but that's okay because we're like strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Our hearts aren't set on this world, but on the one to come. We desire a better country that is a heavenly one, and we look forward to the city which has foundations whose designer and builder is God. As we learn in the book of Hebrews,
1: Things. Our lives are like
0: That was a bruised reed from the Adams Road album, Tongues of Fire. For by this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another.
1: If you possess all knowledge, understand all mysteries, you're just a clinging symbol, with love you are nothing. With a love you gain nothing If you give up your very
0: was for by this from the Adams Road album Son of Man. Thank mm-hmm. you. This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts 14, 21-28. Grace and peace be with you all.